Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello and welcome to What A Load Of Cobblers, Friday Night Lights on the Pumpkin Town Audio Show. I'm Tom Reed and safe for now from being nabbed by Aston Villa to go into the under 23. It's Andy Bodfish and Martin Maloney. How are you doing, guys? You all right? Right. Andy, you've been off commentating at the Olympics. It must have been amazing for you. Yeah, it was a real privilege to be there, to be honest. We all know the circumstances in which it, it took place. Um, it was a bit odd, um, no doubting that, but still... Fantastic to get to an event and uh, yeah, get get back behind the mic and um, you know start watching sport and enjoying it and talking about it and um, and all the rest of it. Yeah, it was great, mate. It was absolutely great. So tell us a little bit about the um, sort of process you have to go through because you have to do quarantine and all sorts to, before you even get to the mic, don't you? Yeah, exactly. So um, Japan is on the. Um, or rather, the UK is on Japan's version of the Amber List. So we had to do a 14-day soft quarantine when we got there, which was basically sanctioned um, trips you know, to, to the place of work and back again, um, and hotel only, no public transport. Um, Uber Eats delivered to the, the, the door of your room in the hotel. Wow. Um, and yeah, that that took a bit of getting used to, but um, food in Japan's great, so that was that wasn't too bad. Um, but yeah, the the social side of it, not that that's what you're there for anyway, but it's nice to have the odd meal out or um, you know glass or three of asahi when you're in places like that. None of that, um, but that's fine. Same for everyone. Um, Japan's in a state of emergency at the moment, so there's an 8 p.m. curfew for bars and restaurants. So same for everyone, really. It was just a result that. The Olympics happened in the first place. Uh, dude, I guess, yeah, it's one of those Olympics out of, out of the ordinary. What um, events did you did you cover in the end? I did quite a lot of the football. Uh, I did the women's football final um, with in the in the um, box. I say in the commentary box, separated by perspex screens in this brave new world. Uh, with Vicky Sparks of, of BBC Match of the Day fame. Um, did all the rowing out there with Martin Cross, um, who was a uh, an Olympian in '84. He was in the boat with Redgrave that that won the the gold in '84. Um, and random stuff they throw at you when you work for the host broadcasters, like the men's discus final. 
<laughs> stuff like that, you know. Is that, is that um, just like quickly, quickly, like someone drops out, you got 15 minutes to mug up on discus. <laughs> well, fully not. It was more 48 hours actually. Um, but yeah, they're um, they're very good at not. Um, basically sort of spreading you quite thin and not uh, how can I put it um, they're a great company to work for OBS but um, uh, t- t- time off is not um, part of the, the, the priority list for them so oh you know Andy's got a, a Thursday evening off there um, the discus final is on so we'll just you know we'll we'll give that to him and um, but it's great you know um, it's great he, you, you learn about new sport. I did a bit of athletics in Rio, to be fair. Um, but yeah, you kind of get a broader, um, you get a broader experience of commentating different sports. Change of pace, quite a, quite a change of pace from going from football and rowing to uh, over the line to, um, you know, um, doing the discus. He's thrown it again. <laughs> gone a long way. Uh, but yeah, exactly. Uh, always 21 meters just over um and yeah um you 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 learn a bit about new sports and you learn a bit about how to talk about them and try and engage people as well so it's all all good all good i guess um they know that you could handle the northampton tv karaoke challenge so if you can handle that in a packed out chicago you can handle anything Andy. Well, this is it. This is all, um, you know, sort of Graham Bell, former GB skier, wanted to talk about, um, you know, the Northampton TV karaoke. What was it like at Varsovia, he was saying? Um, <laughs> but, um, well, exactly, mate. You know, it's a good grounding, thinking on your feet. Um, <laughs> yeah. Did, um, right. What was the highlights for you then, Andy, of the, the whole thing? What's, or what Because I, I saw you, you had a bit of a video of the, I think it was a women's 100 metre final. Yeah, that's right. Um, that was um, that was the event on. I was up at the Olympic Stadium doing the. What would it have been? That was the men's. That was the discus night of the discus final. Um, and so the next event on the program after we'd come off air because it was a um, an integrated feed. Yeah, the women's hundred meters final was on sort of fifteen minutes later. So yeah, you just hang around and um, sort of yeah watch that, which was. An absolute privilege. Obviously, the the Olympic records, Flojo's Olympic record, wasn't it? That had stood since '88, and that got smashed by the Jamaican that night. So again, you know, it's a privilege to be there and witness these things in in person. Really, um, yeah, just very lucky, very lucky to get there. Did you get to um, sort of socialise with the athletes at all? Or are they just in their own bubble, and you don't get to see them? No, they're um, they're in their own bubble. That um, yeah, there's a there's a fair few ex-athletes in the um, in in the broadcast team, and that's more my bag, really. So were you um, like sharing a, p- a pint of Asahi with Frankie Fredericks on your downtime? Well, no, it's not. <laughs> yeah, that's it. You know, the the breakfast buffet with Donovan Bailey. Um, <laughs> no, not not quite. Although, funnily enough, there is. Um, there's a, a a former GB athlete medalist who will remain nameless who um, I worked with um, a couple of years ago on another event and again you kind of um, you discover the different mindsets of these people and what moves them and um, what 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 fills their head basically i.e. staying really trim and fit and winning medals for your country 
Now, um, mm. disclaimer: I've never, I've never won a silver medal in athletics for Britain. I'll say that now. Um, but I was, I, I was having a conversation with this aforementioned athlete a couple of years ago. Well, we were in a restaurant and um, the, the fava beans came up, you know, in the conversation. It was on the menu or whatever. And somebody did the, the Hannibal Lecter lips, you know, fava beans from Nice County. And um, this particular athlete sort of said, who's Hannibal Lecter? And we're kind of like, well, you know, so, well, you, you know. <laughs> are you serious? Oh, OK. Well, he's a sort of a... a, a Serial killer film character, quite famous. Uh, Father Beans in a nice county, Anthony Hopkins. Uh, what what Silence of the Lambs? You know, <laughs> so you can't, so seriously. So you kind of, oh God, how do you not know that? I, you know, but then again, I've never won a silver medal for Britain in the Olympics. So you kind right. of, oh, it's all, it's interesting. You know, no, it's a British athlete, uh, Andy. You're giving away a few clues here. <laughs> I'm not. I'm really not. I'm really not. Wearing glasses. That's. <laughs> Is this Guess Who Olympic version? Is it Eddie um, Legland? It's. I, I will go no because this person is absolutely terrific, by the way. But you live and learn, don't you? Um, what, 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 what certain people think is a cultural touchstone is not remotely part of another person's world. Is it know. Colin Jackson, Ninford Christie, uh, Sally Gunnell? Come on, Martin. Very soon after. <laughs> I'm just going to say, I, mean, I don't want Andy to big it up too much about you've been to Japan commentating on the telly and everything, and you're going back out there. And, and you know, that's, that's impressive. Um, so I've got two weeks off work. I'm going on a cricket tour to Chesterfield. Get in. So, you know, you know, we're all we're all mixing the same, the same sort of cir- circles. <laughs> any, ex, any, ex, any ex-pros you play with? That you, you hang around. Um, I don't think it's a, it's a team harp cheer. A lad of rings down. I don't mention the, the Ecton one. So as a very desirable um, joint oh. on the um, in NN3. Oh, no. um, lad drinks down there. Plays for team in Hertfordshire. Luton fan. Them smashing Pete Roten day of the season was good. But yeah, we we play at um, Chatsworth House. I've played. Nice. I've played a lot of sports in a lot of different places. Nowhere as posh as that. Nice. And I think yeah. it's Darley Dale, I think, uh, a couple of days after. But broadly, it's um, a bunch of middle-aged men um, away <laughs> on the pits and base themselves in a German bar that does good food and, yeah, occasionally playing a bit of cricket. So, yeah, it's, it's, it's not, I mean, it's not quite Tokyo. It's kind of my little Tokyo. Doesn't, um, I think Andy's right. Doesn't sometimes in cricket... Um, so like ex pros just turned up for like village sides and stuff like that. I think it was Devon Malcolm played in Northamptonshire. Yeah, I, I, I yeah, yeah. I remember playing um one of the Houghton sides for the racehorse and Tony Pemberthy was um he was umpiring and it was like I, I used to pay to watch you play. Yeah. <laughs> and he just a nice Love bloke it. umpiring. He was like, God, my career's gone right down here. I'm having to umpire slugger. <laughs> <laughs> we'll move on now to Caleb Chukwamika's transfer to Aston Villa. Uh, went ahead this week. Quite a protracted thing, really. You know, there's a lot of hype in the media about where he might go. There was um, Club Bruges mentioned, there was Tottenham mentioned, there was even Rangers mentioned. Finally signed for Aston Villa for a fee believed to be 300,000. Always makes me chuckle when it's undisclosed. Uh, 
fridge a thousand rising to a million with add-ons. Now, I think this is going to be quite interesting chat between me and you, Mike, because we're often like all over. Yes, on, yeah, on yeah, absolutely. Is it, this is <laughs> this is the method of mine. Different places. No, it's just that we, 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 you know, we are on a similar level in many things, but you know, you, we might have to diverge on this sort of thing. Like for me, like I found it quite funny. I think it was a really good week for the cobblers. PR team, the Cobblers media team, because the sale of a really, really promising young striker for 300,000, which is peanuts these days, was essentially, I wouldn't say it was spun, but it came across like it was a, it was a good deal. And for me, you've got to, and I'll, I'll bring you in on it in a second, you've, obviously you've got to think about the way that football is in terms of its twisted economics, and it's always weighed in favour of the, the the richer clubs but it just felt for me I remember when Ivan Tony went for a, you know what was reported a, a similar amount I didn't think that was a good deal then I don't think this is a good deal I think it's a deal and I think it's probably the best we could hope for in the situation but yeah for me I was I was just sad we've lost a really good player and he only played four times what's your take on it I don't think you make the comparison with Ivan Tony Ivan Tony is an established first team player who we had our pants down pants taken down mm. and spanked because as best I call at the time that 250k probably paid the wages for for six weeks or something like that mm. that was like Newcastle yeah. fair play to them yeah and you know with the other half being a Mackham I don't say it too often <laughs> but they saw an opportunity they got someone and they flogged him for a decent bit of money he's, he's had a great career since I think the thing with, with Jotmaker is there are loads of things about um, how it's structured with how you sell, sell young players now that you've got to manage it in a different way. You can't just ha- hang on to someone who's not signed a contract forever. Mm. And, and rightly so, because it's not, it's not slavery. You've got to do a deal. The cobblers don't appear to be desperate to sell. I mean, I'm not sure on which side a lot of the PR has come out about this club's interest, that club's interested. Mm. But they've got 300 grand for a player who I really liked last season. But ultimately, if you're going to get promoted this season, I'd go with Etete. I'd go with other players. I like my rangy striker, tall, gangly strikers, being six foot one, not particularly good in the air. It's my kind of people. If we're looking for the club to progress, right? It, it, Caleb Chukwamika hasn't left the club in isolation. We've lost Tom Scott to Sunderland without signing a pro deal. We've lost Dylan Berry to Norwich without signing a pro deal. We lost Caleb, sorry, um, Cameron McWilliams to Cardiff, although that didn't work out that well. To, <laughs> it hasn't worked out coming without, back. Without signing a pro deal. But no, but that doesn't, that doesn't suggest that the other one won't. It, 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 it seems to me that we, and it's pretty obvious to say, we need to be getting to the point whereby these guys are signed on, that they're happy to sign on the fact that they know they're going to get games, they're going to be put in the shop window, they're going to score goals, and if we need to sell them on, we, we will sell them on and we won't stand in their way. Now, that's how like Exeter work, and they make big big sums at doing it. They, they balance their books doing it, and that's the way that crew, crew operate completely. We just seem to be below that level, whereby we're just looking to essentially get what we can and, and do the best for it. But these, these guys aren't signed on. Now, it wouldn't happen, I don't think, at Peterborough. I don't think Darren McAntony would have sold Caleb Chukamika without signing a pro deal for 300000 You know, in the next level of negotiation, 
and sort of operating a, a business. Um, these players go for, you know, could probably add a, you know, a, a million on. You could probably go to three million from three hundred thousand if they score fifteen goals, twenty goals in in League Two, even. So I can see why people think it was an okay deal or a good deal for the club. I just think that it could be proven to be a weak deal. And when you look, and this is the twisted economics of football, and this is a completely not the club's fault. But when you look at, we've lost Caleb. Sorry, Carney Chukwamika. He went under E Triple P. He's now worth probably. 20 million, maybe 25 million. We lost Ivan Tony for God knows how many thousand, a few, a couple of hundred thousand, a few hundred thousand. He's now worth 30 million. If um, Caleb Chukwamika scores a few goals, does all right for Villa, he could be worth five million, let's say. So that's essentially about 50 million worth of talent that's left the football club. And essentially, it's a prune juice effect. We'd, you can see no real huge benefit from losing these brilliant players. And obviously that's football and it's the sort of the terrible way it's organised. And, you know, these, it does make you wonder what, what will happen with League Two academies in the future. Like, do you reckon we might see us move towards a B team instead of an academy? Because what is the point if you're going to lose all these players? I think the Cobblers are going about it the right way in that they've, they, they've clearly increased their emphasis on youth players and developing them to a level but not saying right a bit like crew do will force them into the first team to get them on in the shop window and if it's making a bit of money to um to bolster the first team or to pay the bills that's not a bad business model i'm not i'm not too unhappy with it i'd have loved to see more of chuck mika because he's sort of player i like but if he's got the potential to develop to a really high level and we get decent money for him with add-ons, that that's good too. So, if you look at the number of minutes this season for homegrown players under 23, it's zero minutes. So, apart from Sean McWilliams, who's now cracking on to us. I was going to say, well, it's Sean McWilliams would have. Yeah, he's, 20, he's 23. Minutes. He's 23. He's he's not really considered a youth player anymore. He's He's pretty much getting towards middle age for a footballer. So beyond that, there's been zero minutes. So um, there's probably been injuries, COVID, blah, blah, blah. But there's a, there's a balance to be struck there. And I think that people like Scott Pollock, I'm not saying throw every youth player in. That's not the way to do it. But I think if you've got an academy and a pathway and a factory producing youth players, if the factory isn't putting the people on the forecourt, if the Fords aren't going on the forecourt, there's going to be a whole without using a terrible, you know, motor industry, you know, cliche, there's going to be a lot of a whole production line jammed up behind it. And that is, for me, I and think... The, the there, needs needs to be, there needs to be a route into the first team. Yeah. And I just feel uh, that the only, I, way I, I, Cobblers, the only way that Cobblers play, youth players, I can see, are going to get into the first team if they're really precocious talents. <laughs> it's also if they're really good, they'll get in. <laughs> No, no, it's not just that. It's it's a mental, it's a mental ability. Uh, you know, the mental strength. It's the physical strength, the the frame of the player. There's loads of things, but you you you're going to find very few youth players that are going to tick all those boxes, right? And at clubs like Exeter, at clubs like Crew, they accept that it's going to be players with some deficiencies here and there, but they put them in and they trust them, 
and they do it in you know relatively small numbers and they and they and they blood them in. So I would say Chuck Wamika should have been blooded more last season under Keith Cole when we couldn't hit a bloody barn door. We yeah, oh, I think he should, have, he should have played more football, might have scored a couple more goals. Yeah. I think the outcome would have been the same though. Yeah, I, I'm not I'm not denying that. But if you if you get that guy guy up to about 10 goals, 10, 15 goals, his value goes up. You know, if if it's the crucial time when he's trying to they're getting him to sign a contract, you know, his agent will probably be saying, "How many games have you played for this club?" And he'll say, "Well, barely many." Why? What? What would be the incentive for Chuck Romika to sign? There was virtually no incentive for him to sign. The thing that foot, there's a reason we do this podcast. A reason football is yeah. is bloody great. So we want to win. Now, there may be times you think, oh, okay, well, it's blood Max Dyche. Let's blood Caleb Chickwamika. Do you know what? When I've got on a bus at nine in the morning, I'm down at Colu. Get on that player that might get us a goal. Get on that player who's good. There's a wonderful thing in football about winning. And you need to do the other stuff within it. Um, you know, within that context, because otherwise, you know, the fans, well, I could be wrong, but if we chuck out half our youth team, who we think are quite good, and it, it seems like we're a better youth policy than in, in years gone by, and we lose every game, well, I've stood, I stand in the way end, I stand in the, I sit in the home end, it's, I know what that's like, <laughs> and I don't enjoy it. Yeah, I know, this is... This is I enjoy it when we win, however terrible we are. And youth players coming through is more for me a a, a contribution to oh we're going to win more games. Yeah, but we're supposed to be talking this season, uh, Martin, about trying to change the way the club operates a little bit and stop going stopping this yo-yo scenario which has happened for years. So thereby we you know lose we didn't we didn't sell him we lost him essentially um, Chuck Wamika. And we sign a low knee. Now that's been done. I didn't penalise him at Cobblers. We might go up this season. I really hope we do because I, I really like people like Atete. They're great players. But we we lose Atete and we lose Chukwamika, who for me were the two best strikers of the club, and they won't be here next season. So if we're going the up and down thing, year in year out, would it not be better to um, trust in a few youth players that can progress, that can build us a backbone of players that can take us up and sustain us in the next uh, another league, or be sold at a premium that English players do? Isn't that isn't that worth a go now? And I'm not saying change the whole team or throw the whole youth team in, but maybe two, three, four youth team players. Isn't that worth a go? If Chuck Omega was better than most of what we put out last season, he should, he yeah. should have played a lot more games. I don't disagree with that. Yeah, we could talk about this all night, man, because it's just literally there's no answer to it. Like there's two sides. No, of it. no. Right, so. right, let's move on to another section, one of our random ones. We were looking at some autobiography titles for footballers, and uh, there was one from an ex Leicester player. I think he played for Leicester. Anyone remember Julian Joachim, the footballer? Oh, yes. Yeah, absolutely. He scored one wonderful goal against Villa at the start of his career. Yeah, very good player. He um, he has released a autobiography and it's got the title <laughs> You Must Be Joachim, which I thought was very funny. New has been won. <laughs> yes. So, essentially, we put it out there to Cobblers fans in our little group. Make a autobiography title for a Cobblers player, past or present. Um, Jake Moore started us off 
on the WhatsApp group with a really good one. He had loads, to be honest with you, including um, Claire in the community for Daryl Claire. Uh, <laughs> I think that will get past the publishers. Um, and really good one, Sabin Fever for Eric Sabin. Love it. Striker, which is really good. I would, read, I would read Eric Sabin's autobiography. So if you listen to Eric, just put it out there and we'll, we'll, uh, we'll buy it. Andy, have you got one? Um, yeah, I, I like Born to be Wilder. Nice. Um, but that's not my only suggestion. I quite like the Peer Hunter. Peer Hunter. Yes. Very, very good. Born to be Wilder is almost like like a radio segment, isn't it? Can you imagine you'd have like an Alan Patrick style jingle? Born to be Wilder. <laughs> <laughs> that's exactly where I went to with it, to be honest. Because it's basically, well, autobiography titles themselves are just puns, aren't they? So, so if you add the cobbler's element, it's just an excuse to just just pun heaven your way through cobbler's players. <laughs> I love it. They're always like just sort of um, yeah, they're always sort of fairly weak puns, aren't they? And there's been so many autobiographies now that they're sort of running out. I, I, I remember when um, Corey Feldman did one, the the um, actor. His was called Choreography. Play. And you wonder, you wonder what the original, again, the the, the original cultural touchstone is. Because I was thinking about Morley and Me, but <laughs> even though that's that's just a film, isn't it, with Owen Wilson? Whether that's even a that's oh, that's yeah. even a, a legitimate base to you know go, go I'm from. I'm pretty anyway, sure one of I? one of mine was. I'm, I've seen the play. I've seen the film. I'm guessing it was a book. But some names just jumped in, just lend themselves to the the theme. Yeah, yeah. There's, there's, that there's would, quite a few, and, and that would be that would be Trevor Morley's wife's autobiography as well. <laughs> there's a couple of jokes I could put in there, which will be unbroadcastable. Well, quite yes. <laughs> it's all lies, though. When it was all lies. <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah, that was a really good one, and um, we've had loads loads in from the readers or the listeners as usual. Um, have you got one uh, any more, Martin? Uh, well, I had to. I mean, I mean the Jupesh of Wrath, but I do think Armand <laughs> Ole flew over the cuckoo's nest was my favourite. So that is a Hungarian, actually Hungarian international defender Gabor Jepes, uh, yeah. the, the Jepes of Wrath or Wrath. That is yeah. that is sensational. Uh, mate. Retire, retire immediately. <laughs> the thing That's is, been that... said many times to me in many careers. <laughs> <laughs> That's oh sensational. They went sort of like Arman Ode over the cookies nest. I mean, he won't be internationally. There is not a civil war anywhere that's knocking a country off that Arman Ode would have got a game for. Do you reckon somewhere in like the world, <laughs> Arman Ode is just finishing writing his autobiography and he's like, I just can't think of a title. You know, mon Dieu, cannot think of a title. <laughs> Let me let me look at some Northampton things. Oh my God, I found it. <laughs> Where's that bloke that does this for a living? Where's that Maloney? Get me Maloney's agent. <laughs> it's much like my reading skills. The amount of books I have that I bought. Oh, oh, so the Jeffers left, left wing it's, stuff. It's different, Simon different grading, Sinek, it, And it's like, oh, I like the title. Must get around to reading it. Oh, yeah. that pile's just getting bigger. Yeah, yeah, know it. I Jeff feel like I, unbelievable. I, I feel like I'm a bit responsible for a lot of these going quite a, a, a sort of literary rather than just your average workaday pun. Um, 
It, 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 it's typical of being a Cobblers fan, isn't it? It's, it? We're all about the literature. Exactly. I've always thought Northampton and uh, heavy duty literature go hand in hand. And I've often thought that when I'm sitting in the stand. Um, but mine was um, Lawson Diaz, who I thought was a very good underrated player. Uh, I went with Anis Hemingway's Death in the Afternoon with Duff in the Afternoon. That was my one. It was a niche one. <laughs> I like it. That's class. That is class. Uh, let's go through some of the um, listeners or yeah, listeners ones. We've got this is a good one from Quick Whittington. In frame in the membrane. Yeah, that's brilliant. Which is just like mixing 90s hip hop with cobblers. Um, we all know that John Frame was a big hip hop fan in the dressing room. We always got control of the <laughs> ghetto blaster. Blast. They were like, yeah, we want some Chris Rea. He's like, no way. I'm from Birmingham. Here's some, NW- Here's some NWA. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, that was a good, really good one from... I, I, Ice-T needs to lay down some words, lads. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to read out a few more of the autobiography Cobbler's titles. A couple from Jake Moore here in the WhatsApp group. Stamp of Approval for Darren Stamp. This is uh, Jake Moore's glory years of watching cobblers i think it was around zero two three or something and darren, i remember darren stamp coming in and yes they perhaps weren't glory years and certainly wasn't a glory player no no not glory years for the cobblers but this is when jake is jake's formative years i think um claire in the community for darren claire another striker from those days uh genius that one yeah and he's also gone for nilling in the name of a guy to shithouse free kicks from Alan Neil. <laughs> I like that. I like that. Alan Neil, funnily enough, today has been announced as the assistant manager of Wales We're under um, what's his face? Page. Well, Page. Yeah. Funny old game, isn't it, Martin? You know, we've all got to work. <laughs> and um, Jefferson Lake, who can't make it tonight, he uh, <laughs> he added a little uh, footnote to um, Born to Be Wilder which was um, Andy's suggestion. He put, um, David Buchanan joins the trip, but his ill-advised initiation ceremony with a Hells Angels chapter in Birmingham, Alabama, ends in grim fashion. Warning, graphic scenes. <laughs> so, um, yeah, uh, born to be wilder. The mind boggles. It's just got so much potential. Yeah, I, I, I did think when I read that, where the wilder things are may have been better. But, yes, his name definitely lends itself to it. Yeah, uh, Jake Moore's also went with Spedding Ticket for Duncan Spedding and My Bookie Work for Dave Buchanan. (laughs) My Bookie Work, as as I should say. But yeah, some good ones from Jake, as usual. Uh, Let's read a couple more from our listeners. Deborah Marshall, say no more. Uh, Seal of Disapproval, or Seal of Approval, depending on if you're in Atkins. Uh, (laughs) Was never happy with David Seal's work rate. Uh, NTFC Player Vault, which I really recommend on Twitter. Really good. Oh yes. Really good feature. Just talking about old Cobblers players. You forget about half of them, but yeah. Um, he or she, whoever they are, has gone for as the crow flies for Jason Crow. He put a picture of an eagle next to it, but you know, I think he meant crow. Uh, that was a really good one. Um, Mark White has gone for for whom the bell tolls. What player would that be? Mine. I mean Mickey Bell, um, Geordie. Uh, right winger from um, about 
good. I think he scored the first, scored the last goal at um, the county ground, if I remember rightly. I get what the the last no the last one or the last last one the Mansfield one or the the. Chester. I think he scored the one the season we had to start there. Chester. So Kevin Wil- Kevin Wilkins. No, no, Mansfield, probably. Uh, yes, I think it was. I I was on holiday in Ibiza, my first foreign holiday with mates, for the um the Sixfields game. I think I, I could be wrong. Look, there'll be people listening who know, know this for real. I I'm not sure if Mickey Bell might have scored the last one at the county ground, or yeah. was it Kevin Wilkin? No, I went to the last. I went to the last game at the county ground. This is silly. It's good. People feel like, what the hell are you talking about? The last game in inverted commas was against Chester. That was when yes, that was, a pro- that was a proper last game. It should have been. And then there was a Tuesday night game against someone. I think it was Mansfield. I didn't go I to think that one. Probably right, yeah. And I think yeah. he he might have played and scored in that one. Yeah, but um, a really good one from Mark White. And Mickey Bell was a very good player. Went on to play for yes. Richmond, Bristol City. Yeah. Great sort of wing you don't really get anymore. Oh, really, he's one of my favourites. Uh, yeah, old, old school... Just hang out on that wing and wait. Give me the ball and I'll do stuff. <laughs> Ad Richards has gone for Quo Vardis. That must be Trevor Quo. That was out of everything I saw. And Ad Richards, obviously, regular. Yeah, that's probably the best one of the lot. I loved it. It's very, uh, yeah. It's very. And as we know from Craig, from um, the things done with Craig Adams, it all the. the the murkiness of the 80s, Trevor Crowe was the union rep at work. And I kind of like guys that are like that. Yeah, Trevor Crowe was the PFA rep, wasn't he, for Cobblers? Because I've seen him in pictures with yes. Richie era. Yeah. With uh, very nice slip-on shoes. <laughs> 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 he had some style, old Crowe Vardis. So that was a good one from A.D. Richards. Uh, Dave Hardin, Wash Cobbler, we had him on the post-match show. Clever lad. He's gone for Chamber of, Chambers of Secrets. <laughs> okay. Harry Potter. Uh, David Casey, the Atkins diet. <laughs> like it. Yeah, that's good. Uh, James Bland, Hodge in my bets, John Hodge. Any uh, reference to John Hodge just goes down well on this. Oh, one. John Hodge, brilliant. Mm, so we've got uh, Cobbler 64, the gale is blowing in. John Gale, mm-hmm. that's not a bad one. Yeah. Um, this is another Hemingway reference, which pretty cool uh david djh00 the old man and the sea so the m-a-double-n must be martin a 80 man yes yeah. well you, you uh, can't i mean you can't move a Hemingway references in the west stand when you're watching the cobblers yeah sometimes i'm like sitting there I'm like can you please shut up about Hemingway? i'm trying to watch the cobblers and and, that, and it's normally jima as well i'm just like jima we know you're very well read but you know just give it a rest for five minutes <laughs> <laughs> just, you know, I could just concentrate on the football and cheering and booing. But he's like, Tom, is it is it Cobblers like Nietzsche? I'm like, well, I, I, I don't know. I don't know, Gmo. I think so. <laughs> uh, Andrew Wooten. This is taking it down a whole new level. So the kids' literature. Green, green eggs and ham. <laughs> Beautiful. I hadn't seen that one. I like it. Dr. Seuss. So this is going away from autobiographies to just essentially book mashups, but we'll go with it. Uh, David Toby, Carlito's Way. Now that must be either Carlo Corazin, maybe, or Carl Heggs, I guess. Or the Carls. There was another car that played for Cobbers. Can't remember who it was. That guy. Could you, could you field a, a fit 
Could you field a team of Carls? There, there is one for after the season when we're struggling material. Did Carl Leeburn ever play for us on loan? Carl Leeburn played for us. We had a loan for Charlton, yep. Carl Leeburn. Wasn't there another Carl that was in the army or something? One of those sort of geezers. I can't remember. Well, yeah, we'll do, we'll do the Carl. Look, look, them dog, them dog days of June. <laughs> right, bring this back. Just make a note of it. We'll bring it back. Phil <laughs> uh, Garlic, man at CNA, went for Charder's Nails. Yes. <laughs> That was a good one. That's more autobiographical. That's more, that's more, that's more fit in the brief, Phil. Well done, mate. Um, we've got a man called Martin Maloney, the Jeppers of Roth. That's pretty good. We've already talked about that one. Simon Jones has lowered the tone completely. Add cock and balls. Now, what can we say about that? It's it's actually quite clever, actually, isn't it? Because, you know, footballs, add cock and balls. Do you rate that one? Uh, that, well, it's spot on, but it does sound like the, um, the autobiography of... Uh, of a man who's worked in the adult industry, perhaps. <laughs> Do we know if Tony Adcock went on to the adult industry? Because it might work really well. I never know I, what happened to him after his football. I don't believe so. But um, he did, uh, many years ago, um, I remember my mate uh, got him into um, a, a a presentation night for his like youth football team. Right. And he was playing for Luton at the time. Yep. And he turned, like, they offered him, like, I don't know, 30 quid for, like, yeah, can you turn up, give you some time, we'll pay you petrol. Turned down the petrol. Just came and did it. Nice really, really nice guy. I didn't know he played for Luton as well. Yes. Well, I think him and Ian Benjamin both played for Luton in the early 90s. And it was like, it was like a kind of, you're seeing Luton on the telly and they've got players that used to play for us. It was a bit weird. Was that, so that was after Cobblers, was it? Yes. Yeah. He went to Posh, didn't he, in that double deal with when the, the money... Yeah, out. similar to the Ivan Tony thing, which is like, sell a couple of players and you pay the bills for another another few weeks. Yeah. Yeah, but um, he was a good player, to be fair. I think that's why it's oh, stuck. An incredible player. Him and Bobby Barnes. Bobby Barnes I liked as well. And yes. They both went, didn't they? And it was a bit of a kick in the teeth at the... Um, of a, of a low time, but that was cobblers in those days for you. So, that yeah, that was a good one. Um, Emin Chan from Turkey, Izmir, I think, he listens into us, a Turkish cobblers fan. He's gone for a couple of them. Um, uh, the best one, I think, Get Carter. Oh, <laughs> yes. Darren Carter with his fancy, fancy hair. Oh, that could probably work for two, because he's put it for Graham Carr, as in Carter. Oh, right. I, was, I was thinking Darren Carter. OK, yeah. Darren Carter. Great card, definitely a bigger influence on the club. <laughs> Darren Carter, who allegedly um, Jake Moore put up for sale on eBay because he was so rubbish. Uh, we'll have to get Jake back on to confirm or deny that one, but I could slightly seem to remember that. Bill Craven, finally, he's just gone for Rambo, my namesake, Uncle um, Graham. Uncle Graham, me Uncle Graham. Graham Reed. What a player, eh? Off, the, off the picket play. lines at Frickley in the 84-85 in the minor strike. To right back true? with Cobblers. Yeah, yeah. He was a striking minor and played Frickland Athletic and we signed him. So there might have been some needle with him when he played, against, you know, teams. Where was it that there were, there were the scab club? Mansfield, was it? There was a scab, couple of scab um, That would be a fascinating thing to explore. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I remember at the playoff we played at Mansfield, there was still a chant, uh, in a half field chanting it, aren't very bright and don't know what we're calling scab, scab, scab. But for a lot of people, it was very meaningful. Mm. Um, so, yeah, if we'd have played Notts County, Mansfield, 
wow, that that be you probably have to go through Gary Maybe's archive of games he filmed, and would there be some needle there? Was already he was quite a strong tackler anyway, so it'd probably be hard to distinguish. But yeah, it's an interesting one. Yeah, uh, Nottingham, not a couple of Nottingham, Nottinghamshire pits, which were um, went against a strike. Yeah, yeah, I mean, uh, it's um, it, it was a tough, it was a tough time for for everybody, and there was a lot of um, a lot of um, kind of bitterness and people in in tough situations. But yeah, Reed was um, I say off the picket line at Frickley. Came down to and and got to a better, a better life. And I, I de- I'm certain he would have put in when people were collecting on Abington Street for like coal not dull. Yeah. <laughs> um, he would have been chucking more than fifty pences in. I reckon at certain points in his career at Cobblers, he just wished he was back down the mines as well, didn't he? He was like, "I'll oh, sod this." I remember the injury that, that ended his career. He, he was he was a fan's favourite. It, it for younger people. Think Pedge Bowich, the sort of yeah un, unfashionable fullback who went to Aaron McGowan is the is the latest one. Yeah, the guy who likes to win tackles and then give it to a good player. Yeah. He was that guy. Yeah, and his career ended, if I'm rightly, we had a League Cup game um, home at Charlton, and we drawn one one there. I remember going down to one of our first 88, I think it was. And he just put an innocuous-looking tackle in. And I remember him just lying on the touchline down the um, cricket side of the countground. Just holding his ankle, not like writhing around, but playing all the chart players on. And it was like, oh, that doesn't look good. Yeah. And I'm sure he never played again. Yeah. Was, oh, heartbreak. But, you know, being a footballer, your career ends. But, but... Maybe doubly heartbreaking as well if you you fought your way up into league football. It's no mean feat, and um, you know, sort of tooth biting tooth for nail. Coming from a mining, I, you know, mining, I don't know. I don't know that it's not the opposite. Um, I think if you've worked for a living, mm. you're probably grateful when you get paid a couple hundred quid more a week for being a footballer. Mm. I think sometimes players these days, if if you sort of go into an academy and you everyone's thinking they're going to be really well paid in a few years. Yeah. You maybe haven't got that same mindset. Yeah. I think you're right. But yeah, that was, um, that was a good one out of Rambo. Well, look, and I'll tell you what, somebody's had, he started off as a blonde lad with a tash, but he grew a mullet at one point. And it's like, <laughs> yes, there's an awful lot of untapped Rambo Reed stuff out the cobblers that I think will be brilliant. Just his haircuts. <laughs> Yeah, aside from being a bloody awesome right back. Yeah. Just um, I was like, Aaron McGowan reminds me of him. Yeah, well, we'll see if he lives up to that billing. It's quite a big billing. Um, yeah, Rambo was from Bill Craven. Let's move on anyway, because we need to wrap up now. Let's move on to Saturday's game against Rochdale. Now, it, we've started the season brilliantly and um, pretty much joint top of the league. So... We should completely approach it with optimism. I was looking some of the news out of Rochdale. They've got a couple of COVID cases and also four, some... four of them. <laughs> yeah. Is it four? Is it? Okay. Yes. Quite a few. Um, well, hopefully the game goes ahead at that, that rate. Um, and they've also got some off the field strife with some, not strife isn't the right word, some off the field issues with a takeover allegedly trying to go ahead. So that for me is ringing a couple of alarm bells at perhaps not the best preparation for them. Obviously they'll be, 
sort of professional. Now, do you reckon we're going to come away from, with a win on Saturday, Mike? Yep. I know. Nor I'm quite cagey. Yeah. I've seen. I missed the Coventry game. I listened a bit of it on the. I listened to second half driving to work. Um, Port Vale game. We're it. We didn't quite get going. Got it yep. done. Colchester, Boston for sixty minutes, and then held out for thirty. Yeah, I, I've got a really good feeling about this season. Rochester at home with players out. Yeah, I'll be so disappointed if we don't win comfortably. So give us a score prediction. Then we do it on the uh, Wallach Twitter. We do a score prediction and stuff like that. What are you going to go for? Probably down for a little three nil. Three nil, nice one. Have you? Can you think of a first score? I know it's difficult because we're not sure he's going to play. But I think he was dead. He was dead quiet last week. Etete is going to be at it. Yeah. Is, is that not too many T's in one sentence? <laughs> Yeah, uh, is a great player. He's very well regarded at Tottenham. Oh. I think too good for League Two already. Um, and will we see him next season? Will we even see him? In, you know, will they record him? No, early? no. Spurs, Spurs sign a four-year contract. If they loan him, if they loan him out to us, most of Callum Morton. It's like you got a player who's good, and if he proves himself, yeah, you'll loan him out a higher level the next year. Yeah, exactly. Now we could put ourselves in that conversation, the higher level, if things go right. Well, they may look then championship, but no, we got. We shouldn't worry about what what we don't know. Let's enjoy the ride while we got him. Spurs are going to sell Harry Kane and buy um, Chuck Wamika for fifty million. So uh, Caleb, that is. So we might get a little add-on. <laughs> um, what about the attendance? Because it's a difficult one. Like I thought the attendance was pretty. What good. was it? What was it against Port Vale? Five, they brought eight, a shitload down. Five, yes, yeah, so I say they brought about eleven hundred. Yeah, no reason to think there won't be like say a few drop off. So say four thousand five hundred cobblers. Dale, they, I like Rochdale because their DJ. When you go to Rochdale, it's proper like old Manx stuff, like not early nineties. Yeah, I'm gonna say five thousand and fifty. Okay, that's quite good. We have to do a hundred each way, so that sounds pretty good to yeah. me. The the Rochdale. DJ is not as good as uh, Matt from Six of Sounds who plays uh, uh, Husker Do. I do like Matt from Six of Sounds playing Husker Do. <laughs> but you go right, Stout. Oh. Right, I'm going to go for 2 0 to Northampton. I'm pretty confident. I just think we're quite strong. I'm going to go for a Tete first goal scorer like you. He's just very good. Although Kabamba's very good as well. I, think oh, I, I like Kabamba. Yeah. Works his socks off. Some very um, exotic sounding strikers, haven't we? Kambamba and Atete. It's like brilliant. It's like a football uh, hipster's dream, that is. So, and then we've got Flores. I, I do think Danny Rose, every time Danny Rose comes off the bench, he do, even though he's not getting, getting goals, he's an absolute arse to defend against and he wins free kicks. He does the right stuff. He feels like he's got a good combination there. He just needs a goal, he does. He's Oh, he will. If he gets one, he'll get a few. And and then you'll be saying which one of the other two do we leave out. I really fancy Danny Rose to get 10, 15 this year. Well, well you've heard it here first, listeners. I, I don't agree with that, but you never know. <laughs> um, and then attendance, I'm going to go for 5,000. What did you go for? Five. I went 5050. Okay. Like, Hawaii. <laughs> <laughs> 
I'm going to go for just uh, to be different. Four thousand nine hundred. I reckon there'll be a couple of people still on holiday. But listen, mine, it's been um, really good talking as usual. We had a good little discussion. We don't always agree on stuff, but we always, nah, uh, always agree. Much boring if we did. Exactly. But um, have a good weekend. I'll see you at Sixfields on Saturday. Cheers, man. I'll see you at Sixfields on Saturday. Take it easy. Cheers. See you, right. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.